0: In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever had a come-to-Jesus moment? Maybe you don't know what, that, what I mean by that. A come-to-Jesus moment is one of those humbling moments in life where you are kind of smacked in the face with reality and you begin to see things for as they truly are. Um, it, it's one of those moments where you realize maybe that things are not going as well as you thought they were or that you are not as great as you thought you were. And uh, it's kind of a, a check your vitals time and you begin to see things for as they truly are. Uh, so for example, you could have a come to Jesus moment about anything. For example, about your, your health. Because maybe you're, you're thinking, oh yeah, I'm healthy, I watch what I eat, I exercise, right? I'm, I'm good, I'm healthy, I don't need to worry about that. But maybe one of your friends decides to do one of those apps on their phone where they count their calories, right? And, and they want you to do it with them and you think that you don't need it but you're a good friend and so you go along and so you begin to t- keep track of every, everything that goes in your mouth. During the day, And you watch your calories on the phone and you sit back at the end of the week and you have this come to Jesus moment where you're just blown away by how many calories you're taking in and you realize that all those calories from the double chocolate grande mocha frappuccinos from Starbucks, those add up and the two handfuls of chips before dinner, those add up and the scoop of ice cream after dinner, that adds up and, and you look at the calories and there's no hiding it and, and you have this moment of realization that you are not as healthy as you thought you were. But you could have a come to Jesus moment with anything, maybe finances because you've convinced yourself that you are frugal, you don't spend very much, you don't need to worry about money, you got this under control, but then your spouse convinces you to sit down with a financial planner and as they pull up your budget and then a copy of your credit card report right there and and as that financial planner, as she begins to point some things out to you, you you see how much you're spending and it blows you away how much those double chocolate grande mocha frappuccinos add up and, and how much it costs each month to have all 587 channels on your TV and and you see there on paper how often you're going to the mall, you couldn't believe it, and you're realizing that you're spending way more at the mall each month than you ever could have imagined. And you have this come-to-Jesus moment where you see reality, and and you are humbled by it, and and you begin to see the world for as it truly is. Uh, Maybe you've had one of those moments before. I think we all need them from time to time. Uh, A wake-up call, a reality check. And the thing about these types of moments is that they usually don't just happen by themselves. I suppose you could You have one of these come-to-Jesus moments all on your, your lonesome, uh, sitting there on your couch, and, and you could humble yourself and see the world as it truly is. But most of the time, most of us need a little push to get us there, don't we? I mean, we need that app uh, with the calories right there so that we can't hide from it or fool ourselves any longer. We need the financial planner to, to point her finger at the piece of paper and say, hey, wake up, look at how much you're spending. Uh, Siblings are good for this, aren't they? Brothers and sisters, they're good at kind of knocking us down, humbling us a little bit, uh, keeping us real with ourselves. You could have a come to Jesus moment all by yourself with no extra help, but most of us need a little push uh, to get us there. And for Christians, uh, that push comes to us very often in the form of our worship. Uh, When we come to worship, uh, week after week, we are faced with reality. Uh, and there's no hiding our true condition. Um, this is the truth about worship. It's not always easy. Uh, we come to worship and we hear that, that we are far worse off than we ever could have imagined. And, and what we need is not just a, a little helping hand up. What we need is not just a pat on the back, a little bit of encouragement. But worship is humbling. Uh, we come to worship and we hear... In our liturgy, that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we've sinned against God in thought, word, and deed, and that we are deserving of present and eternal punishment. That's humbling, right? Uh, Most of us spend six days throughout the week pretty self-absorbed, listening to our own inner voices and thoughts, and so it's only when we come to worship that we get that extra kind of external push uh, that gets us to see the world in a whole new way, and we begin to see the world as it truly is, and we begin to realize that things are not going as well as maybe we thought they were. So you see, worship is, is far more than just following some sort of rigid set of, of external actions. It's far more than just sitting when you're supposed to sit and standing when you're supposed to stand and listening when you're supposed to be quiet and speaking when you're supposed to speak. Far more than that, worship is an inner spiritual posture of humility. And our, our worship brings us there. It creates in us that inner spiritual posture of humility. In the Greek, which is the language of the New Testament, uh, in the Greek, the, the word for worship can actually also mean to bow down before someone. And quite often, when the Bible uses that word, for example, in John, almost always when someone worships God, they also bow down before him because that is a posture of humility. And, and for you and me, I don't think we, we really resonate with bowing, right? It's hard for us to really grasp what that means because I don't know about you, but I have never bowed to anyone. Uh, We don't really have kings and queens and nobility that we find ourselves bowing down. And for good reason, we believe that all people are equal, right? And so we just don't bow very often. But Christian scriptures remind us that that we are to bow down before the Lord. And when we come to worship, it is that inner spiritual posture of humility, of bowing down before him, that we are to have week after week after week. Far more than just following some rigid set of external uh, prescribed actions, sitting, standing, singing, listening. A worship is this inner spiritual posture of humility as we realize that, that things are not as they seem, that we are far worse off than we could ever imagine. Because it's, again, only when we realize the depth of our problem and how bad we really are that we begin to see the even greater depth of God's love. And it's our worship that, that pushes us there. Uh, I don't know if you, if you caught it, but in our gospel reading today, uh, if you have your bulletin, you can flip to it. We, we see, I think, a beautiful picture of worship. And when I imagine what real, true worship looks like, I often find myself uh, picturing this story. It's a recognizable story. You probably recognize it because it's the Palm Sunday story, right? Uh, it's a story, Jesus is on the donkey and he's making his way into Jerusalem and, and the reality is that he is, he is set on, on making this journey to the cross. That's, what, that's what's waiting for Jesus in Jerusalem. And In our reading for today, Jesus is heading there. His eyes are fixed on the cross. His eyes are fixed on you and your salvation. He's determined to get to that cross. And and as Jesus is heading there on that humble little donkey, he begins to be worshipped. People are are cutting down palm branches from the tree and waving them at Jesus. And they're taking off their coats and they're lying them to pave the way before him. And, And they shout out these beautiful words of worship and praise. They say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And that word Hosanna simply means save us. Save us, save us. Jesus, they sin. Talk about humility, right? It's a humbling thing to admit that you need not just help, not just a, a little encouragement, but that you need saving. And so it's there in, in, in that Palm Sunday story that I think we see a beautiful picture of worship and praise, of, of people who recognize the depth of the problem and, and come and turn to Jesus, knowing that He provides all that they need. And with Jesus riding before him, with his eyes fixed on salvation in the cross, the people worship Jesus. And I think that, that's what it's all about. Now, I did just mention that I thought that worship was more than just following some sort of rigid set of external prescribed actions. and That's true, but I, I, I do think that those, uh, those external things, the sitting, the standing, the, the patiently listening, or just the listening, those things go hand in hand with that inner spiritual posture. And in fact the external things, along with the inner spiritual posture, both of them are crucial and vital to our worship. And you can't really have one or the other. Uh, and let me explain by what I mean by that. Because uh, the truth is that, that all of us have had some times in our lives uh, when we've come to church and we've done all the external things right. Right? And we've come and we sat when we we're supposed to sit and we stood when we we're supposed to stand and... We listened when we were supposed to listen, and we read the words on the page with smiles on our faces, but inside, things were all messed up. We, we came to church, and we, we were doing it all right, and, and no one would have guessed, but inside, our, our hearts were heart, uh, hardened, and we were not humbling ourselves, but we were exalting ourselves, and we we're sitting there thinking, all right, when am I going to be recognized for all that I do for this church? You know, when is pastor going to call me up and pat me on the back and tell everyone about how great I've been doing? Or, or we come to church, and we're singing the songs joyfully, and our words are beautiful, but we're crossing our legs... Back and forth, back and forth, hoping that someone will get a glimpse of our brand new shoes and tell us how wonderful we look. Or we wore the short-sleeved shirt so that everyone would see the new watch that we have. Or we're sitting here doing all the right things, but we know in the back of our mind we're only here because our, our spouse wants us here and it is an obligation to our family. Uh, many of us have done all the outward things without the inward spiritual posture of humility. And we're only singing the Hosannas on Sunday because it's written on the page. You see, I think that God uses those outward external things, the sitting, the standing, the sitting, the listening, in order to form in us that inner spiritual posture. So maybe we come to church years only going through the motions, but then one day we find ourselves at work and we are burned out and exhausted and and tired and we have no answers. We know that we have to keep working because our family needs it, but we we don't know how that's going to happen because we think, I can't take any more of this. And then it's at that moment that we find ourselves with words that are not our own, simply praying, Hosanna save us. Save me, Lord. Or maybe you're at, your bed, at the bedside of someone you love dearly who's being taken from you by death, and, and, and the questions and the doubts and the anger fills your mind, and you think, why is this happening, and why me, and, and why now, and, and, and God, are you there? But then, again, and you don't know where it's coming from, but you begin to pray, Hosanna, Lord, Hosanna, save, me. save me. You see, God has worked in your life through those external things that often seem pointless or like you're just going through the motions. He has worked in you that inner spiritual posture of humility so that you would humble yourself and and you've come to recognize your true condition and you've come to see that your only hope is to sing Hosanna. Your only hope is to turn to Jesus for salvation. And then once that inner spiritual posture of humility is created, then you find yourself in church going through the motions, not because you have to, because you get to. You find yourself listening to the scripture readings or the sermon, no matter how long or boring it is. Because because you realize that these are the most important words you're going to hear throughout the entire week, because they are not your words, which you have been listening to for six days, but they're God's words. And so you cling to those words and you pray that your life would be guided and shaped and molded by these words, that these are the most important things. And you find yourself standing up for the creed or the gospel reading because you see that these are things that are truly worth standing up over. And if we're going to get out of our seats for anything in life, it's going to be these things. It's going to be to confess our faith and to hear God's word. And you find yourself confessing your sins. What a strange thing we do as Christians, right? To stand up And a group of people, together with one voice, say, yeah, we are a bunch of messed up, broken, worthless people. And you say those words not to have a pity party for yourself, but because you've come to the honest recognition of who you truly are. So have you ever had your, your come to Jesus moment? I think we all need them from time to time. It's good, whether it's with our finances or our health, we need those moments. But here's the reality for each and every one of us today. Long before you ever came to Jesus, Jesus came to you. In a humble manger, your Savior came to you, for you. Because you see, you have a God who wasn't content just to sit up there in heaven on his heavenly throne and twiddle his fingers and think to himself, when are these people going to figure out and come to me? When are they going to get their worship right and get their lives put back together? When are they going to come to me? No, God was not content to wait for you to figure it out on your own. Instead, you have a God who jumped down out of his heavenly throne and into a little manger because he wanted to be with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. You have a God who, who wanted nothing more than to spend time with you. No matter your sin, no matter how blemished you think you look, and no matter how broken you think you are, you have a God who wanted to be with you. And so long before you came to Jesus, Jesus came to you, and that's what we're celebrating this Advent season. And we have a God who came to dwell amongst his people, who hears our cries, Hosanna, save us, Lord, and who went to the cross to do that very thing. So brothers and sisters, as we prepare our hearts and minds this Advent season for our, our Savior Jesus to come to us, let's come to him with our worship and praise, knowing that it's going to be feeble and broken and far from perfect. But let us humble ourselves as we, as we exalt our Savior. In his name, amen. Amen.